new to spirituality, having a hard time relating with spiritual teachers and topics? Has the awakening process got you saying, holy shit, I need an easy to understand blueprint to all the woo-woo stuff out there. Don't you worry, we got you. Welcome to the Holy Shit Podcast. We're going to cover it all. Awakenings, chakras, religion, holistic healing, and a lot more holy shit in between. Guidance and support from two regular people dedicated to helping making your own journey as smooth as possible. Here are your hosts, Nate Johnson and Esha Estar. Hey everyone, welcome to episode nine of the Holy Shit with Nate and Esha podcast. Got a cool one today. It's just me and Esha, and we're going to talk today about death uh, and the many different facets of that. Uh, death of the body, death of the ego, death of all of the different things, and how just kind of the dance between all of that can uh, help you uh, live a better life. So, Esha, how are you doing? I am good. I'm excited because we're talking about death. Right. I don't mean to be like the death lady. Sometimes that's what I'm kind of known as. But. Yeah, I know, but that's that's your that's your jam. That's I mean, you you've got a very good understanding of it, and the and of course the grief surrounding. But uh, it's it's kind of caused you to kind of really dive deep into this, and you've got you're more knowledgeable about this topic than anyone else I know. So. Well, you know, it's even to hear you say that. You know, for me, it's yes and no. It's like. Um, I don't know it all. I'll have to die to come back and to kind of give a full on. But <clears throat> I, I suppose for me, it's it's more of my willingness to walk towards it, to, to yeah. hold space for it, um, to not necessarily be afraid of um, of it, you know. And I and it's interesting because just either yesterday or today, I was. Um, I was contemplating how how did I get here? <laughs> how no, did yeah. I get here to be sort of like this life and death doula? None of it was my calling. None of it. I actually pushed it away uh, until you know things just kept happening and happening. And then you know at some point you have to just stop with yourself and say, okay, okay, let me pay attention to this. And then of course I go back to when I was a little child <clears throat> in Guyana and. Um, on our way home from school, my sister and I would, and I'm sure I was probably the ringleader as a naughty child. Um, <clears throat> and we would run into uh, um, funeral homes. Right. Um, and back home, they would be just, the doors would be wide open. But I would run into funeral homes and um, run up to caskets, see a dead body, and just start laughing. Like, mm. it was the biggest joke. And, of course, I was a child. I didn't really know the specifics of any of that. I, I didn't know anything about death um, until my own father died when I was 10 years old. But it's such an important topic, not just for you and I and all of our listeners, but for the whole world, because we deny so much, uh, we deny death so much. And I'm not even talking the physical death. Yes, we know this is coming. Sure. Um, sure. But just the deaths, the the day-to-day deaths, that we're having in our daily lives that we don't ever acknowledge. Mm -hmm. 
that we don't ever make space for. So yeah, it's exciting to to talk about it because for those of our listeners who are on this awakening path, um, death is going to be part of what you're going to have to um, wrestle with. Yep. Yeah, we can't escape it. Yeah, I, I actually, funny, I, I posted a video about a month ago talking about just the fear of death and you know, specifically the death of the body, you know, not necessarily the, you know, symbolic death of the ego and those type of things, but the, that the fear of the body and about, you know, how it's, it's the one thing that probably it, it doesn't probably, it's not probably it's, for, it's, it's, it's facts, facts. It unites every single one of us, um, you know, no matter where you're at. And, um, you know, some of us have a healthy fear of it and others don't. Um, and the, the understanding of why some wouldn't and why some would. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that, um, you know, as I've been on this journey, um, I felt the fear of death kind of slip away a couple of years ago. Um, and um, it's been a very uh, interesting thing. I'm not saying every once in a while it doesn't pop up from here to there, but um and like I said, um, it's not a welcoming of it by any means, but it's and it's not like a longing for it, but it's definitely not a it used to be something that scared the shit out of me. Like it was a, something that would I would not look at. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to accept it. Didn't, it, it scared me. And, um, you know, this this awakening process for me has kind of has kind of allowed me to maybe look at it a little bit. You know, not, not even not even maybe like I have looked at it and um, it. Um, it doesn't seem anywhere near as scary as it used to. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so interesting because um, the things that we're so afraid of, we don't want to see, we want to push away. We want to deny those things. And, um, and I think when you have these personal experiences, like you've had, like I've had, um, when you come face to face with, uh, you know, challenges and, and, uh, physical issues and loss, um, you have no choice but to dance with it, mm -hmm. right? Um, and being on the awakening, uh, and, and we're all, I just want to say, we're all on the awakening process, whether you realize it or not, every single being is on yep, it. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's just whether they're conscious of it or unconscious of it, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the beautiful part about contemplating death some people may think it's morbid oh i'm thinking about that 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 means that i'm drawing it close to me not at all the buddha actually said that death is the greatest meditation that you could ever do mm. right and why why would he say something like that well because it kept things real <laughs> yeah it kept you in the present moment right right yeah yeah, I mean this this mm -hmm. whole this whole game wouldn't work if death wasn't a, a part of it. That's right. You know, right. there would be no reason there would be no reason to learn anything if you knew you were never going to die. Um, right. So exactly. Like, it's, it's just like you know we won't talk about it in this podcast, but just like evil is a necessity to good, yes. uh, death is a necessity to life. Um, you know, there must be, there must be the polarity, um, to, to get the full experience. Right. And then even as I listen to that, the question that we ask ourselves, well, well what is death? Mm -hmm. Right. Like what exactly is death? 
And I'd heard a great definition. I don't know where I heard it from. I think it might be a Hebrew definition or something. But it said death is being someplace different. That was being somewhere else was a definition of death, right? Because even though you say, oh, there's death, but what actually is ending? Mm -hmm. Right? Because we associate death with an ending. There's something is no longer. Well, what exactly is no longer? Yeah, actually, that's one of the points I was talking about uh, in uh, that post that I made. And I got a lot of people that reached out to me and they, it was basically about um, shifting your perspective on death as a scary ending to a beautiful beginning. Yes, you know, 100%. Shifting it like, you know, where it's like not something to be dreaded. Uh, that there's going to be, and I, you know, once again, this wouldn't be a, a holy shit with Nate and Nesha podcast without me quoting Ramdas. Um, <laughs> but uh, right. he says something to the effect of, uh, you know, death is like taking off a tight shoe. Mm. You know? um, and I thought that was just such a such a beautiful way of saying it. It's like a, you know, like it's something that you know we don't know now. We don't have no understanding of that of that concept, but. Um, when we get back to where we come from every time we die um, and we, before we reincarnate again, that's where we want to be. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, the way I like to put it, like when I wrote the wisdom of death book, um, literally that book came about because I had spent after Hassel died, like just two very tough challenging years, just, feeling death. Like mm-hmm. there was just always this death that was with me, this feeling, this energy of death that I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't lose. It was like my shadow or something. And and then I eventually just sat with it and it's like, okay, well, what, what do you want me to know? So the wisdom of death book came out, out of that. And one of the things that, um, or, or one particular nugget that I remember is that death is the great equalizer doesn't matter how rich you are how poor Mm -hmm. you are what your status in the world is we're all equal in death yeah you can't take any of this stuff with you you can't take none of this stuff with you and and so this sense of clinging to things this is mine and you know like the attachments and all these it's like why like you, you none of this is you don't own anything Right. Some part of the mind thinks that you own it, but you, you're not taking this with you. Yeah, the ego. Right. It's like, OK. And, and I love I'm, I want to share a little um, this uh, uh, comment here by Buddha. Um, Buddha says, young and old, foolish and wise, rich and poor, all keep dying as a potter's clay vessels, large and small, fired and unfired, all end up broken. So too, life leads to death. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have this notion that when a baby is born, that baby has has come into life. But truthfully, we should actually say that baby has come into death. Okay. Right? Because the moment a baby is born, the countdown begins. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I hate to say it that way, and people be like, "Oh, I don't want to hear that," but all I'm speaking is the truth. Right. The t- the talk the the clock starts ticking on day one. Yes, on day one. Yeah. Yeah, and so we think that there's all of this time, 
that we have when in actuality past, present, and future are all happening at the same time. Right. right? Sort of like this, this space-time continuum. Um, and so my thing is, we know that death is inevitable, mm-hmm. right? What are we doing about it in our living lives? How are we choosing to live knowing that in any moment, death could pay us a visit? Yeah. And, and how is that helping us to awaken to an even better living? Because right? this is the question that death asks us. How are you living? Yeah. You know, this sounds this sounds weird to say. Um, but you know, those of us that experience death in our lives, death of a loved one, death of a friend, whatever you want to say, death death of someone that you care for or you're close with. Mm-hmm. As hard as it is, it's almost like a beautiful gift because it allows you or forces you in some way to really take an inventory on what you're doing with your life. Um, I know there are some people and we talked, we talked about this in one of our episodes about, especially how we here in the West, um, we, we pacify death or we, 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 hide it you know it's not something right. that's, that's a welcome part of our culture and up to the point in where you know there are some people that live into their their late 50s that have never experienced the death of a loved one you know what i mean they've, they've never right. they've never had it or they've never they've never had to see a dead body or they've never um you know wherein you know yeah. if you're if you're an indian kid you know walking around the streets of india you it's just it's a tuesday and then you might you might, you might see like three dead people before the noon that's and right it's just it's just part of it Yes. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, um, it, it causes us to take an inventory and um, it's not taking away from the pain and the grief of losing the loved one. But I also think that part of that process of working through all of that is it's a beautiful thing, but it's also, you know, it's also pain, very painful. Yeah, it's both, right? It's it's that bittersweetness. Um, it's it's mingled together. This this sense of I want to cling to life, mm-hmm. and I want to hold on to it as as much as I can, and yet we can't. You know, we we must we must live sort of like with an open hand, not clinging too tightly, because uh, eventually. It's it's not ours to hold on to. We, we have to keep letting it go, right? Um, so the truth is that I am subject to death and death is unavoidable. And how can I make peace with that, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, and, and what you said before, it's, it's 100% true is sometimes it mystifies me that there's still people in the world that ha- hasn't, or don't know anyone who's died. They right. do exist, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and every time I'm like, wow, that's like, how does that happen? You don't know anyone that's died or you've never seen a dead body? I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite possible. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it's happened. There's probably been people lived their entire life and never experienced death other than their own. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is, yes. I mean, especially in the West, for sure. Um, well, so, you know, the, so what, what is death like, right? So for our listeners, right? So let's move a little beyond the physical death. We'll come back to that in a moment. Right. Death of the um, body. Death of the body. Death of the body, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we understand, those of you who are in this awakening process, right? You're not the body. You're not the mind. Right. Your your pure undivided consciousness, right? And so, when we know this beyond knowing it, when we 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 ground into the embodiment of that, we know that when we die, it's just this body, this container that is gone. The consciousness still remains. Yep. That can't ever die, but how we can apply it is to our daily living is, is to ask yourself the question, well, where am I clinging to? Where in my life am I clinging so heavily? What is it that I'm attached to so deeply that's actually making me feel like I'm, I'm dead already? Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Because we don't have to go to a cemetery to see the dead. <laughs> we don't. Right. Let's be frank and be real about it, right? We can look at our very own lives to see the areas to see where we're dead. Right. Right. And this is what we're talking about today is that can I be bold and brave enough to access, to go in and see and access the parts of my life where death has already arrived, where I'm not living fully? I think it's a Thomas Jefferson quote that said <laughs> – um, most men die at 25 and aren't buried until they're 75. Wow. I've never heard that, but that's pretty powerful. Right? That's <laughs> insanely powerful. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Cause I mean, so think about that. And that's that, you know, that, that, that point when which you are able to chase your dreams and mm-hmm. to, to go after what you're here on this earth to do. And you yeah. don't, and you don't do it. And basically that's to me, that is the definition of hell on earth. Is that, oh, is that, yeah. is that knowing or having the ability to, which we all do to chase our dreams and the things that fulfill us. And we don't do it because yeah. we're so beat down by the matrix that we just, we succumb to it. Yeah, and I'm going to give you just a personal, you and the, and the listeners, a, a little personal uh, experience. So even just today, like these last couple of weeks, I've just been working on my website, been, you know, in a contemplative place about, you know, where am I going and what am, what am I really doing here? Mm-hmm. And today there was just some big doubts just came in. And doubts about, am I doing what I'm here to do? You know, am I, in the, am I going in the right direction? And I, it was just like this, the club. <laughs> this cloud that just came, wrapped itself over me. And, and I just started to have all of these feelings and emotions. And after my uh, massage and chiropractic appointment today, I said, you know, I need to, I need to drop into this feeling. And I'm just going to go take a, a Epsom salt bath and I'm just going to soak. Yeah. And, and and I'm just going to allow, I'm going to feel and allow what wants to come in. And, you know, I realized that it was part of this ego that comes in that creates doubt, mm-hmm. right? 
And the doubt is okay, but giving myself the permission to drop in to feel it and then to ask for clarity. And then, of course, all of these things started coming up, no, you know, about, yes, doing more workshops around and death and, and grief and all these different things. I'm like, because the most important thing for me, I realize it's not even, you know, so many of us are concerned about finding a partner and wanting a partner to be with and one in love. But for me, it's it's making sure that I'm doing my dharma. Right. And dharma, for well, those that aren't familiar with that term. Yeah. Dharma is your soul, your soul's purpose. Why right. are you here? Yeah. Right. Because I know if I'm walking lockstep and key in my dharma, I am fulfilled regardless of who I'm with and who I'm not with. Yeah. And what's that? Because I know I'm love already, right? So it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, what's what's what you just said, and it it was it it was interwoven in throughout the entire experience, and like, I know that you're not alone in that story because that's a probably a monthly occurrence for me. You know what I mean? The whole like. (laughs) You know, what the hell am I doing here? Is Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I really maximizing my life's calling, my soul's purpose, my dharma, like whatever? Have I misread something? Like all, all of these things, you know, like all of yes. those, all of that. I think that's just part yes. of this, this dance and this journey. But, you know, you said something about, you know, what's causing us to have those doubts is our ego. It's that it's that it's trying to protect us from potential reaching reaching out too far you know what i mean it's 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 trying to keep us it's it's the ego is it is i think is intended to try to keep you safe but it also but it also keeps you trapped yes so 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 what's what's crazy about this to tie all this in a little bow here is that it's actually the death of the ego that really sets us free so freedom freedom through death Freedom through death. It's the only way. And this is what in, in the Bhagavad Gita, this was the whole um, challenge with Arjuna, right? Like for anyone who, who's ever read the Bhagavad Gita, there is this epic tale that's taking place on a battlefield. And, and Arjuna is, is the warrior, but he's on this battlefield. And on the other side of, of the battlefield are his friends and his cousins. And he sees them. And Krishna is there in his chariot guiding him and says, you must fight. You're a warrior. This is your dharma. And he's like, no, how can I fight? These are people that I love. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't do this, Krishna. And he cowers in, into the bottom of his chariot, just saying, no, I'm not going to live up my dharma. And then the whole Bhagavad Gita goes on in the epic story of, of Krishna uh, teaching Arjuna why he must fulfill his dharma yeah as a warrior right knowing that you can't really kill anyone because there is no such thing as the consciousness dying yeah so it's very powerful but yes that this this death that we we all will face at some point we're already facing it think about how many deaths you've had in this one lifetime as nate johnson Oh, for sure. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And so we don't have to wait till we're dead to have reincarnations. 
Sure. You and I both have been reincarnated several times already in this one lifetime. No, I I agree. I agree. Um, and it's and and you know just as you grieve the death of a loved one, it's it, it's the same. It's the same uh, in some situations when you grieve the death of a former version of yourself. You know. Oh my because yes. uh, I I mean that's because that's that's comfortable. That's safe. That's what you know. And when that doesn't align with what you who you are anymore, that's scary too. And there's some grief uh, around that. It shit's scary, right? Because and and that's part of what I was feeling this these last couple of days. Because you know, it, it takes a while once you've come into this new version of yourself. There's still that integration period that you have to settle into until mm-hmm. that new you actually solidifies, right? And so there's this thing where you toggle back and forth between the old you. The new you, one foot in, one foot out, and um, and you know, creating the new boundaries and the new life, letting go of the old boundaries and the old life. And sometimes that means that people that used to be in your life are no longer in your life. Yeah. Right. And so there's even a death that comes along with that process as you shift into a different vibration and residency. Everything else in your life will shift. People that you once had meaningful relationships with, they either leave your life, and sometimes it just happens naturally. So there's even a death. And so to be attentive to those types of deaths that are happening in your life and to really recognize them and to honor them and to honor the death that you've had personally, but this old aspect of you, right? to honor that version of yourself and to say, thank you. Thank you for all of the work that you've done. Mm -hmm. Thank you for what you've held, uh, for what you represented. And then you can begin to shift into the new version of yourself. But we keep having these, these deaths and rebirths through our entire life as we know ourselves as. Yeah. You know, it's funny you talk about it. So there's, there's the, there's the death and then there's the, the grief and then then as you settle into your new birth there's this awareness that comes with okay well now i have to relearn how to function as this new birth and i like i liken it um yes i can i can yes. tell you the i can tell you the exact emotions that i feel and i've i've, I've felt it you know in my 3d world here uh numerous times over the course of my life um i remember for any of you guys or girls out there that are athletes i remember um you know going from like middle school football to high school football and you know you were a certain you were a certain person or a certain level this is all ego stuff anyway but uh but that's you know that's some of our that's some of how we how we filter and uh, assimilate all of this stuff uh, or simulate, um, is that, you know, you are a certain level of player in middle school. And then you go to high school and you start all over. You're a freshman again, and you're at the bottom of the total pole. And it's the hardest <laughs> it's the, and, and, and you're getting your yes. ass kicked every single day. And you look at the guys that are seniors and you think, oh man, those guys are light years ahead of me. And I'm never, it's It's going to, it's going to be an eternity before I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm to their level. And then, you know, and then the summer passes and you 
you grow up a little bit and you know, the practices aren't near as hard because you're not getting your ass kicked every single day is bad. And you know, maybe every once in a while you're doing a little bit of the ass kicking, you know what I mean? Right. And then by the time senior year comes around, <laughs> you're that way. And then, and guess what? You're on the top of the world. Everybody thinks you're awesome. And then now it's time to go to college and you do right. it all over Repeat. again. Let's, yes. let's do it again. And you know what? So that that's the sports analogy, but I had the same things happen when I would transition from company to company in corporate America. You know, you've, you've developed a relationship and a, a reputation of who you are and what your skill set is. And people know you, and then you start over in a new, a new environment and you've got to do it all over again. And, and that's, and, and there's this, this weight and burden of the unknown. Um, and your ego says, can you do it again? Can you, can you, can you <laughs> can do you? it? You, you've, you've done can it. You? You've, can you do it again? <laughs> Um, and, um, and I, it's funny because as, as, as these phases and stages and deaths and rebirths have happened, um, it almost feels a little bit like that again, like, okay, what's coming on the horizon, except, except when I look back, you know, um, every single time that there was a stepping over into the next phase, if you were to stop and look back at the path you traveled, it was always an ascension. There might have been little small ups and downs and ups and downs, but it was always a climb. And um, yes. no matter no matter if you felt <clears throat> that step into the new company or then you know that next you know freshman year of college when you were getting your ass kicked again, um, it was always still an up and an ascension. And um, that um that's kind of how this spiritual journey is is that you know you're gonna you're gonna make some progress and then you're gonna get your ass kicked pretty hard and you know you're gonna have to sit down and reflect and say man will it ever feel as good as it felt three weeks ago <laughs> you know what yes. i mean and then yes. and then you work through and then you do your work and then you work through it and you um reach another level that you're saying man this is great this is what i've all this is exact and then bam Time to start back over. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And, you know, and it's designed that way on purpose, right? It is, because yes. it's also even happening energetically on an energetic level. And so people sometimes think, oh, yeah, you know, for, for those who use chakra terminology, it's like, oh, yes, I've, I've, I've mastered my first three chakras and I've come into my heart. Well, whenever we grow into the new self, it is we do have to start over again. And now we have to master that new embodiment of who right. we are. Right. Right. So that 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 is how it is. So it isn't about, oh, my God, I've reached enlightenment. And even just to say that you've reached enlightenment is an egoic. Uh, yeah. It's been very egoic. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. if you have to say that you're enlightened, that's not being enlightened. Right. right. Yeah. I um. But no, I, it's it's funny how it's funny how the um, the metaphysical or cosmic journey mimics life in a way, um, and you know just as there is birth and death in physical life in this body in this space suit, as Ramdas says, um, it's it's the same. It's the same as in the phases of your spiritual journey, and um, death is a piece of all of it, and. Um, it's definitely a great teacher. Oh, it's the master teacher. Mm -hmm. Death is the master teacher. And, you know, the hardest part, I think, for so many of us that we, we struggle with, 
where death is concerned is relationships, right? And so um, you go through a breakup, you go through a divorce, or you're you're actually going through a, a physical loss of someone, right? Those those are all deaths, you know, going with a break a, a, a breakup or a divorce. Those are deaths, yeah, right? Exactly. And and to to really pause and honor the death that's happening in you and what that's what that death is bringing up inside of you like to really pause and do the work before hopping into another relationship which is what most people do right mm. we, they hop just right into another relationship taking all of that unprocessed grief with them yeah. and now you're sharing yourself that unprocessed grief with this new person yeah you know um so to to really be attentive to the full experience of what it means to be human, meaning that whatever is ending in my life, can I be attentive to this small death, right? And this is small deaths we're talking about, but the small deaths are also preparing us for these larger, for the, for the finale, the final act, when we do have to um, leave the spacesuit here. Yeah. Well, with every single death, up until the final one, when we return back to being one with source, God, whatever, there's always a rebirth. And, yes. and, and, and as long as you're doing your work, uh, um, yes. it's always, it's, you're always birthed into a better position than you died in always. It's always a climb, you know? Yes. So I, I don't, I, I just, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, and I think that the in the East, they do a really good job of this, where we in the West have not really incorporated this, but um, where death in the East is a is a celebration. It's a it's a yes. it's an homage to that person to say, hey, this chapter of theirs is complete. And they it's on it's good awesome for them because now they're moving on to something bigger and better. Where for us we're and we're so ego driven in the West. We're like, oh wow, this could couldn't get any better than this. And you know, you know, of course, you know, what whatever, you know, it's it's a it's it's a it's we're crying because they're no longer here when we should be we should be cheering and saying, Awesome job. You know, now you're moving on to 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 something bigger and better than 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 here. So Oh, absolutely. Like people ask me if I'm afraid of death. I'm not afraid of the dying. Of, of death itself and moving on to whatever comes next. If I were to have a fear, it would be of uh, the suffering <laughs> leading up to death. Yeah, right? that's tough. Um, that, that part, you know, I, I don't want to suffer. And it, it's, you know, why in my, in my will I have, you know, if I don't want to be hooked up, take me off. I already have my directives in, in that way. But the the aspect of of actually letting go, you know, I'm gonna have a big smile on my face. You know, I, I hope and pray that you know it, it, I don't have any control as to how it happens. I don't have a looking glass, but the work that I do every day with myself of of letting go, of surrendering, of of being with these things, I hope will prepare me for that final, that final breath, that this final walkthrough um, in, in this life to be okay letting it go. 
Right. You know what? And I'm sitting here thinking about this and I agree with everything you just said, but we're sitting here talking about this. Like we haven't died 10,000 times before. <laughs> we have. Right. Exactly. 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 We've we died exactly. so many times. It's uncountable. And we're sitting here talking about it. Like, yeah. Like we, yeah. Like we're not going to know how are we ever going to make it through it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But here's, here's the real thing about why we're afraid of death. What does death actually symbolize? And it's why people are so deathly afraid of it. One one word that begins with C. C. Um, I was gonna say, I was gonna say because it's unknown, but um, but what is it? That change. Oh, change. Well, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. death symbolizes change. Right. Uh, and like the, the ultimate, the ultimate change, <laughs> the ultimate change. Right. But even, even, even the death of the, of the small things in our lives, how many people actually like change? Right. Not no. many. Right. And so uh, this quote by Ajahn Shah says, not wanting things to change. If we think like this, we must suffer. <laughs> when we think that the body is ourselves or belongs to us, we are afraid when we see it change. And we can actually take this particular quote and look out into the world to see how deathly afraid we are of aging. Oh, yeah. Talk about death, right? We have all this anti-aging stuff that's Mm -hmm. out there, Mm -hmm. right? And so we're so afraid of the change of our usefulness into the the elder wisdom aspect of our lives and because here in the west again like we've been saying we don't honor the elderly the elderly is looked upon as decrepit they're old their 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 life vitality is gone but yet in the east the elderly are revered mm-hmm. they're revered so here in the west we're fighting aging tooth and nail <laughs> right yeah. And it's it's a death that that we don't want to we want to keep denying what is so very normal. We are like nature. Nature has its season of death, fall. Yeah. So why are we any different? You know what you just said is is spot on and and it it, it reminds me of I don't remember it was maybe episode 3 or 4 we talked about attachment. And mm-hmm. that's a change, you know, fear of change is attachment. Yes. It's exactly what, you know, the quote you just said is basically the exact version of, of Buddha saying, you know, suffering, t- attachment is the root of all suffering. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the only goal that I think that one should have in this life is to be able to continue to ascend at the la- rate that they are able to and try not their best not to create more, you know, karma, mm-hmm. but, but a beautiful death would be one that at the end that you're, you have no attachment. You just let it happen. You know, I see these, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of, I, I love autobiography of Yogi, this book. Uh, if you guys haven't read it, it's, it's amazing. Promise Sanda Yogananda. I'm, I'm in, it's got like 912 chapters and I think I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in chapter 872. So like, I'm, I'm I'm on the D class. See, I see the finish line. I'm getting there, but it's this this amazing thing that happens with some of these these very um, 
you know, elderly, um, um, I, I say elderly, I mean like well-established and respected and amazingly, um, gifted, um, g- guru yogis and that they, they see their bodies beginning to break down and could, and could do something about it if they wanted to, but right. they are so, they are so faithful, uh, and knowing about what's on the other side of death that they just let it happen. Yeah. They, they let it happen, you know, and that is just an amazing, that's, that is, that is like the ultimate, the ultimate thing is to be, you're, you're so unattached and your ego is so gone that you, you don't even identify with your body anymore. And you, you, and you will make no efforts to try to save your own body. No, because you yeah, know, Ramana Maharaj, yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. you're not, that's not who you are. Because that's not who you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. You know, they were drinking the, the, the proper Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd like to get a couple doses of that. <laughs> right, like now. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a full gallon of that, that Kool-Aid. Full right gallon. Because I mean, because I mean, you know, in, in all honesty, like we get glimpses of that, right? We get little tastes here and there. Yes. Like these these moments of absolute clarity where you're like, oh yeah, I, I'm not this body, and and then it's like the phone rings, or you get a text message, or the bill comes, or you know, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's asking you to do something, you got to answer the email, or like whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like it's so it's it's learning how to live in that space, drink that Kool Aid, and function yes. as a function in, in the matrix as a human being. That's right. That's we have to include the end. We have to include, because we have to participate in the realm that we have chosen to come into, which for us is earth, right? We're earthlings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, choosing to fully participate is necessary um, unless you've chosen the path of, of a, of a, of a guru or an aesthetic where you're going to go off in a monastery or whatever, or like the desert mother and fathers did. Um, but uh, to, to have that practice, this daily practice and um, of simply being with what's coming and going in your life, the practice of surrender. Can I surrender what is in this moment you know what's what's taking up so much space in my life that's that's choking the life out of me <laughs> mm-hmm. right um and and can i can i surrender that um we're going after something we're always going after something and when we get that something we're still not satisfied and we have to go after something else and so it's like okay how much do i really need in order to be happy yeah and so this this attainment of more, more, more um, is actually what's crushing us from actually living fully because there's never any satisfaction. We never get to a satisfied point in life. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to derail the the topic of discussion here, but, but really it's, it's really actually to bring it home here because we're going to run out of time in a second, but what you're talking about that, that chase for more, that, that, that's all ego. That that's that's all ego, and um, and that's what led me to you, right? That's I was there. That was me. That was me in the beginning phases of of trying to continue to climb 
a higher mountain than I'd climbed before, because maybe if I reach the next highest mountain, I'll stand up and say, okay, I'm, I feel good about myself and who I am. And I can, I can rest. But what we found, you know, at least through working through all of this has been that, and I'm not sitting here saying that my ego is dead because it's not, I'm, I, 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 I fight with him every single day. Um, but, Same. but what I have found and what can kick the ego's ass <laughs> from time to time is that self-love. Yes. If you love yourself, regardless of your materialistic or your paycheck or your, how many likes you get on Instagram or all of those things, um, that is how to defeat that, 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 that always needing more is, you know, and I think you, you said this quote to me, um, in an amazing, amazing session that we had had. Um, and it was, um, if you can't love yourself when you're nobody, you're never going to be able to love yourself when you're somebody, you know what I mean? And that, mm-hmm. and that is it. And, um, and if you can do that, <clears throat> that's the death of the ego. And that's where the freedom is. Right. I remember, I remember that session. And, and I think it's, it's something we all need to remember, right? It's uh, because we, we can bring the ego into a healthy state where it can work with us rather than against us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can begin to build this deep intimacy with living and dying. We must walk, we must create an intimacy with both because the dying will inform the living and how you live will inform how you die. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, it's, it's both. Um, but I'd like to uh, um, share a little bit something before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, there is no need to fear death. And this is coming from living the book, Living in the Light of Death on the Art of Being Truly Alive. There is no need to fear death. Don't create sneers to catch yourself and hurt yourself. There is no death to the mind. There is nothing but awareness, pure and simple. Death doesn't exist in the mind, which is something 100% unalterable and, sh- and sure. And so the mind here is really the consciousness, not not the brain that, that we have inside the head. Mm-hmm. Um, we human beings, when we have stopped breathing, are called dead people. At that moment, the knower separates from the elements so that nothing is left but physical elements with no feelings. That's a dead person. But, actual- but actually, the knower doesn't die. Yeah. And so it's in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and you know, it's uh, when someone is termed clinically dead, that's just on a physical level, right? Right? Their consciousness is actually still fully alive, and they are no longer bound by space and time. And so, when my husband died, because I had just taken that course in Thailand uh, with the Tibetan uh, Book of the Dead. Um, I went into doing work um, for him because now I realize, oh, his consciousness is everywhere. I can talk to him and tell him not to be afraid yeah. and that his body has died, that he's fine. And I knew he was listening because they're, they can still hear you, even though they're clinically uh, have been pronounced dead. So there's so much power in this conversation that, you know, we can have, uh, we can spend hours 
talking about this. And I think it's it's such a, a rich topic that I know we'll probably revisit at a later time. And if any of your listeners are listening, you have a difficult time and want to reach out to either myself or Nate um, uh, to have any kind of support, reach out to us, you know, if yeah. you're struggling yeah. with this, please do. And you, <clears throat> and you haven't mentioned this directly, but I'm going to do it for you. Um, is that you have an amazing grief counseling or grief integration, um, program that you facilitate. And, um, in fact, a, a very close family member of mine, um, has went through it and she said it was absolutely life-changing and, uh, amazing for her. So that's another thing. If you're listening to this and you're struggling with grief management, um, because of a death of someone, or maybe even for something else, but, uh, by all means, um, I think that, uh, you've got a great resource here in Esha to reach out to as well. Well, thank you for that, Nate. Okay, guys, we're going to reach, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, this is the end of, uh, episode, uh, nine. Wow. We got this, we're on nine already. Um, anything else from you? You know, I think I'm complete. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for listening and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye everyone. You've been listening to the Holy Shit Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we hope you've gotten something from it. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on all social media at Holy Shit with Nate and Esha. For questions and comments, you can send an email to Holy Shit with Nate and Esha at gmail.com. We can't thank you enough for listening to the show. And we'll see you next time on the Holy Shit Podcast.